shield about me. You're my glory. You're the lifter of my head. Thou, O Lord, art a shield about me. You're my glory. You're the lifter of my Good to see everyone here this on this chilly morning. I'm Phil Jackson, one of the elders here at Preston Crest, and we are always excited to see everyone here to worship together. Especially our visitors, we ask that you and our members take a moment to check in. Uh, you see the number behind me, or you can look at that uh, card on the pew in front of you. Uh, and that has instructions, so please take a moment right now to check in. We'd love a record of your attendance. If this is your first time here at Preston Crest, we ask that you take that pew card and fill it out and take it to our information desk, and we have a special gift for you. We thank you so much for being here today. And I see many of you have already gotten your baked goods for our youth group, and so that's always a special time every year. You can even keep them in here, and they'll stay cool. So... Would also like to, to let you know that the Discover Young Adult class had a great retreat at Lake Levon uh, this last weekend, almost 40 attending uh, the overnight retreat. The devotional time focused uh, a lot around handling stress and anxiety in a Christian manner with lots of singings and s'mores and games. Great relationships were, were built. So thanks to Jacob Hawk for leading this ministry so well. Hear the words of the Lord from Psalm 35, 18. I will give you thanks in the great assembly. Among the throngs, I will praise you. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, as we enter into this week of thanksgiving, we offer you our sincerest thanks for our many blessings. We thank you for this country, a place where we can gather together to worship you, a place where we can work and play and serve in freedom. 
And we ask for continued blessings as we seek to do your will. We thank you for this spiritual family at Preston Crest. As we journey together in the grace of Jesus, we're encouraged and emboldened to be a witness to your favor, justice, mercy, and grace in each of our lives. We ask that you be with our brothers and sisters in Christ who are experiencing struggles, that they may know your comfort, even by your works through us. And we thank you for Jesus. It is Jesus and only Jesus through whom our salvation comes. He's the reason we come together this morning in prayer and song and communion to praise you and enjoy the indwelling of your spirit. Oh, Lord, accept our thanksgiving and worship. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, amen. Thank you, Phil. Angry words will let them gather from
This is an old hymn, but a new arrangement. We're going to start with the ladies, and then we'll stack in the men's parts in the second and third verse. All right, let's sing, ladies. I'm praising Lord, the upper
sing one more as we enter into our time of communion this morning and then Patrick Sutton is going to come and lead us around the bread and around the cup. Lay
morning. Um, as a kid, I used to stutter quite a lot, and um, kids would run up to the playground to me and ask me to say things and laugh and run off, and um, I just liked the attention. I thought it was pretty cool, but I, I think I got it pretty well fixed now. Um, there's just a couple situations that have a hard, I struggle with. One is, uh, one is like Subway. Subway's hard for me because people in a hurry and um, there's a lot of back and forth and you gotta be quick with your order and I just kind of, I just kind of freeze up and I really want turkey for my sandwich. And when it comes to the meat, I, I just kind of freeze up and the only thing I can get out is ham. <laughs> and I, I don't even really like ham that much. Um, and then John Scott would scare me. He would, he would say, let's take a moment and introduce, and introduce ourselves to our neighbors on our pew. Well, my name, my name is Patrick, and I have a hard time. I think it's a hard, hard P sound. It's hard for me to get out, and I would kind of stammer, and the people that I'm talking to would say, wow, your, uh, your, name, your, name, is, your name is Pat Patrick. That's a, that's a great name. And I said, no, it's just, it's not Pat Patrick. It's just Patrick. And, and uh, <laughs> So if you know me as Pat Patrick, I just want to say I'm sorry. <laughs> but I say these things because I know I have issues. I know I have failures beyond just being able to speak. I, I know I need to be perfect to stand before the Father, and I'm far from it. We look at things on our phones that we know are not good. How many loved ones have we hurt with the words that have come out of our mouth? when we know we should have done something and we did nothing. See, deep down, I know I need a savior. And a loving father sent his only son to seek and to save the lost. He walked on water, he gave sight to the blind. Crippled beggars crying out, have mercy on me, were able to stand and walk. At a tomb with the grieving Mary and Martha, he told his dear friend Lazarus to rise and to rise and come out. A man of leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And full of compassion, the answer was, I am willing. Jesus was beautiful and perfect in every way, yet chose to carry our ugly sins to a bloody fly-covered cross. He died refusing to let go of our sins, refusing to let go of me and you. To me, there's no better place than right here than right now to remember the price paid so we can be perfect so we can be perfect by him let's let's pray for the bread please father as we take this bread to represent the broken body of christ we're thankful for so many things thankful that we live in the greatest country on earth thankful alone alone soldier stands at a post so we can be free to come here today that a god cares to hear me and to know me by name in all our circumstances, let us give thanks that Jesus' love and grace never ends. In his name we pray, amen.
Let's, let's pray for the cup, please. Father, we live in a fallen world full of anger, entitlement, and, 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 and me-first attitude. We're all sinners and deserve a harsh sentence. As we take this cup, let us remember the man on the cross, full of love and sacrifice, taking our place with, bl with blood flowing down. Let us live a life well lived, so one day we can just we can just we can just say thank you. In His name, we pray. Amen. you came here this morning prepared to give an offering, lots of different ways to do that. First of all, you can drop it in the box in the very center of our foyer this morning once we are concluded here in this place, or you can give online. And I know so many of you are already doing that. However you choose to give to further God's work in this place, thank you. We're feeding people. We gave away over 200 bags of food and turkeys to families that... Uh, are struggling to, to make ends meet. We did that Friday. Thank you for bringing your food bags back, church. Thank you for being generous. There's more ways of serving and giving coming up this month, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. Let's, uh, let's pray. 
Father, this week, this day, we are thankful. As a nation, we are thankful. God, right now, we are thankful for your son. We're thankful for the gift of his life given so freely for us, and we didn't deserve it. We do. We all need a Savior. And we are thankful for you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray, and it is in your name that we give. Amen. Patrick, you made me cry again. But my wife will tell you, I cried at an episode of Leave it to Beaver last week, so that doesn't really count. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Patrick. Emailed me three weeks ago. I didn't ask him. He asked me to do this. I knew he had something to say. Hey, we got a bake sale still going on. $10 a piece. If you haven't stopped by to visit the bake sale, please do so. We are also opening up adoptions for our Share the Joy uh, toy drive event. Uh, If you can get your cameras out, you can hit that QR code right quick and it'll take you right to the link. And you can adopt your family or families right now. Got a lot of them, folks. I've got, I think, 219 families with multiple children. I think we're close to about 800, 850 children we're going to be helping at Christmas this year. So please do that. A couple other ways you can get to that through the website. Also on church teams where you, where you text check-in, you know, text the word toys, and that'll also take you to that link so you can start adopting and shopping and giving to these families that, that are struggling right now. Thank you for giving. Thank you for being a generous church. Let's stand. We're going to send kids on up to Children's Church, and I'm going to try to make it through. Let's uh, sing one more, and then Jacob's going to come share a word with us. For all that you've done, I will thank you. For all that you're going to do. Sometimes more can be said with just a few words 
than with many. There was a young couple, they were preparing to get married, and the husband on his own went and met with the minister before the service. And he said, preacher, he said, I want you to know that we want a very short ceremony. Can you handle that? And the preacher said, well, sure, I've done hundreds of weddings in my life. That's going to be no problem. And the groom-to-be interrupted the preacher, and he said, I don't think you understand me. We want a really short ceremony. And he said, this is how short we want it to be. He pulled a $100 bill out of his pocket, put it right in front of the groom, and he said, this is your payment for the actual ceremony. But for every word that you use, I'm going to knock $1 off the $100. You get it. Preacher said, I get it. And he said, can you handle it? Preacher said, I can handle it. Well, it came time for the wedding. The minister was up on the stage and the groom was standing there with him. The bride walked through the double doors in the back. Everybody stood up and oohed and awed over how beautiful she was. Eventually, she made her way up to the podium with the minister and the groom, and now the bride was there. The minister looked at the groom and said, Take her. He nodded. And then he looked at the bride and said, Take him. And she nodded. Then the minister said, Took. That'll be $95. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes you don't have to say a lot to get a big point across. And in his ministry, the Apostle Paul does a lot of writing. In fact, he writes 13 letters of your New Testament. Some of his letters are pretty lengthy. Some of his letters are very brief. But I believe that some of the most powerful words that ever flowed from the pen of the Apostle Paul are found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. When Paul says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. In Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I'm convinced that those 15 words demand more from us than most of the New Testament. Give thanks in all circumstances. You know, it's not that hard to give thanks when things are going well. It's not that hard to give thanks when your plans go as planned. But it becomes really hard to give thanks when your life starts falling apart. What about when you go to the doctor and you learn that you have a fatal disease and there's nothing they can do? You only have a few months to live. Paul would say, give thanks. What about when your expenses are terribly high and your funds are terribly low and you don't know how you're going to pay for everything? 
Paul says, give thanks. What about when your marriage is on the rocks or when your friends betray you or when your relationships in general just struggle day in and day out? Paul would say, give thanks. When your faith is struggling, give thanks. When grief wages war on your soul, Paul would say, give thanks. Thanks. There's not a time or a moment or a situation in life that does not qualify for all circumstances. Give thanks. This week we began the national holiday of Thanksgiving, and as you well know, people have different opinions about this holiday. For children, Thanksgiving, let's be honest, for children, Thanksgiving doesn't have the glimmer and the pizzazz of Christmas or any other holiday, really. When we become adults, Thanksgiving in theory sounds great, but it's kind of stressful. It's stressful to travel for Thanksgiving. It's stressful to have people come to you for Thanksgiving. It's stressful to cook and to clean and get the house ready. One of my favorite stories is about a young mom and wife, she said, it's our turn to host Thanksgiving this year. And so for two weeks, she cleaned and she planned and she started cooking and her children watched her do everything. And it came time for the big meal on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. And she thought it would be a great experience to ask her young son, Johnny, to lead the prayer before the meal. So she said, Johnny, would you like to lead the prayer before our Thanksgiving meal. And Johnny was a little bit intimidated. He said, well, Mom, he said, I don't know what I would say. And she said, well, Johnny, just say something that you hear Mom say. So Johnny bowed his head and said, dear Lord, why in the world did I invite all these people over for Thanksgiving? It sounds good, but it's a stressful time. And then when we get older, when maybe it's no longer our time to host, when we have our grown children and eventually our grandchildren, we love Thanksgiving because it's a time to sit down and think about what really matters in life. Have you ever thought about how God feels about Thanksgiving? I'd like to suggest to you this morning that Thanksgiving just might be God's favorite holiday. And I'm not referencing the holiday that we came up with all the way back in 1623 from that small little town colony called Jamestown. I'm talking about the actual practice of giving thanks, the spiritual discipline of giving thanks. Giving thanks is who God is. Giving thanks is God's nature. You know, Paul clearly tells us here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 that giving thanks is God's will. And we take God's will very seriously, as we should. We talk about worshiping according to God's will. We talk about serving according to God's will. Before we 
begin a new chapter in our life or before we change careers or before we make a big move, we are concerned about whether or not that choice is God's will. But Scripture reminds us that being thankful is just as much a part of God's will than anything that we do or anything we talk about in the church. Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who are in Christ. Romans chapter 1 is a great chapter in the Bible. That's the chapter where Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. But toward the end of that chapter, Romans chapter 1, we see something really eye-opening, even what I would call disturbing. Because throughout that chapter, Paul works on making this argument that there will be those in life that God, Paul's language, eventually hands over to their own lust. They become so disconnected with God, they become so turned off to the idea of the submission to Jesus that eventually God will say, we can no longer have a relationship. And there's a long list of sins, beginning in verse 29, that Paul includes for those who might find themselves in this spiritually compromised position. Romans 1.29, Paul says, They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips. They are slanderers. They are God-haters. They are insolent. They are arrogant. They are boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, and ruthless. And they approve of those who practice these things. Wow, that is one long rap sheet. A lot of nasty things on that list. But if you jump back to verse 21 of Romans chapter 1, right before Paul includes that long list of terrible sins that may place us in a spiritually compromised state, he includes one more that I think sometimes we just rush right over. Paul says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. Is the Apostle Paul suggesting that a refusal of thanksgiving is just as dangerous as sexual immorality, idolatry, those who invent ways to do evil? I think he might be. I think Paul might be saying that if we live a life where we never look heavenward and say, thank you, God, for all you've done in my life in all circumstances, good or bad, that we might walk on the edge of a dangerous abyss where none of us want to be. Giving thanks is God's will. But it's not just God's will. Giving thanks in all circumstances 
is God's way. I want to call your attention back to what happened that night in the upper room, hours before the cross, when Jesus and his apostles share the Last Supper together. We try to imagine what that moment would have been like. The apostles are chomping at the bits. Everyone's wondering what's about to happen. Life-changing conversation is shared. They're gathered around the table. And Matthew tells us in Matthew 26 that Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks And he said, take and eat, this is my body. And then Jesus took the cup once again and he gave thanks. And he said, take, drink, this is my blood which is poured out for you. I know we will never be able to fully comprehend the magnitude of that moment. But I admit to you this morning that I've read through that so many times in my life and I've skipped right over the fact that before Jesus knows he is about to die, he gives thanks. This is so much more than a casual prayer before a meal. This is so much more than offering thanks before the food can be enjoyed. Jesus is looking at the bread which represents his body that will be tortured. And Jesus is looking at the wine which represents his blood that will flow from his pierced side in just a few hours. And looking at these two emblems that represent agony and death, Jesus stops to give thanks. To show appreciation, not for what he's about to endure, but because of what he will endure. Jesus knows that his death, his agony, his suffering is for the betterment of the entire world. It is for the fulfillment of God's will. He doesn't want to go. He prays a prayer where he is so anxious, where blood flows to the ground. But Jesus still gives thanks. I think that's one of the most powerful examples I've ever seen of giving thanks in all circumstances. Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, hours from the cross, lived it. He showed us how to do it. And I've got to be honest with you. I cringe when I think about the many times in my life when I haven't always given thanks. Because I allowed my circumstances to tell me that I didn't have to be appreciative. I think about the times when I didn't have the financial security that I wanted, I I didn't give thanks. Think about times when relationships were 
broken. I didn't give thanks when my job wasn't going the way that I wanted it to be. I didn't, I didn't give thanks. But Jesus did. Because it's not just God's will, it's God's way. That's who he is. That's what he does. If we can think, then we can thank. If you can think, then you can thank. As your mind wanders, and as you think about this or think about that, you and me, all of us Christians, we can always find a reason to be thankful. Even when life doesn't always deal us the best hand of cards. Now, if I were to guess, and it's not a guess, it is, it is confirmed. You all know that. Up here, analytically and cognitively, you know that we are supposed to give thanks in all circumstances. The problem is the heart. The problem is life. And sometimes we struggle to know how to do that. But I think if we remember these two things as we finish, we can give thanks in all circumstances. Church, life is hard. You don't need me to tell you that. Life, life is really hard. Life is complicated. Life is messy. And life is terribly unfair. But whatever struggle we face in life, somehow we have to remember that the struggles we face are just temporary. It becomes very discouraging when we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Difficult days begin to feel like difficult decades and we begin to wonder if things ever will get better. But I'm so thankful for God's word this morning because God's word tells us there is always light at the end of the tunnel and it's not always another train. Paul tells us, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, Paul says, We don't lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day, for our light and our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Job's life fell apart, but Job's life was eventually restored. Noah spent over a century building an ark for something called rain that he had never seen before. But Noah was saved when others weren't. Peter denied Jesus and cried tears of bitterness because of the denial. But Peter became a strong anchor in the church. The mercies of God truly are new every single morning. And in the heat of calamity 
and in the messiness of life and in the brokenness of life, great things can still happen in the kingdom of God. I love what Paul says in Philippians chapter 1. Now remember when Paul writes Philippians chapter 1, he's in prison. He's there unjustly. But Paul says in verses 13 and 14, what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Paul says, I've been confined, but others have been emboldened. Others have been forced to speak out more courageously, more fearlessly than they ever have because I can't be there teaching. So Paul tells the church at Philippi, don't grieve over what's happened to me. Know that this struggle is temporary. Know that the gospel is still advancing, even in the middle of a storm. Don't ever underestimate how God can use struggle in your life. His power, His power is made perfect in every weakness. Struggle is temporary, but victory is eternal. Paul goes on to say in verse 18, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Struggle prepares us for victory And you don't get victory without struggle. We live by faith. We don't live by sight. And so we fix our eyes on Jesus. We anchor our hope in the empty tomb. We remember the wonderful promise of the Savior that I am going to prepare a place for you. And we know as the people of God, sanctified, made holy by the blood of Jesus, we know that there is nothing that can ever happen in our lives that can be so bad that the people of God cannot say, but things will get better. Much better. The struggle is temporary, but the victory is eternal. And if we can remember that, we can give thanks in all circumstances. So one day a young girl in college wrote a letter to her mom who was back at home. And the letter read like this. Dear mom, I'm sorry I have not written you sooner. I broke my arm and my leg jumping from the second floor of my apartment that caught on fire. The fire department saved the building, but it's being remodeled. And since it's taking so long to remodel my apartment, I've moved in with Paul. 
a former fireman here in town. Paul is so nice. But I must tell you, I'm pregnant. But don't worry, we are going to get married as soon as Paul gets out of jail. P.S. None of the above is true, but I did get a D in sociology and I failed chemistry. And I just wanted you to hear this news in proper perspective. <laughs> Friends, this morning you might feel like your life is one big mess. You might feel like life is unfair. You might wonder, will things ever get better? But God's favorite holiday, the practice of giving thanks, it puts everything in proper perspective. Dear church, listen to me very carefully. You were created in the image of God. God knew your name even before you were born. God has walked with you every step of your life, and He has no plans to change that routine. You have a church family that dearly loves you, and you have a Savior who died for you. It doesn't get much better than that. So give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And this morning, the best way to give thanks to God is to give Him your life. To become a child of His, to be forgiven of your sins through waters of baptism. Maybe it's to come and say, I need the prayers of the church. I need to recommit to my Lord and my Savior. Whatever your need is, we want to help you this morning. And we want to walk with you as we journey closer to Jesus. We invite you to come as we stand and as we sing. Earth, you reign on high, every mountain stream, every sunset sky. But my one request, Lord, my only aim is that you reign in me again. Lord, in me, reign in your power over all my dreams and in my darkest hour. You are the Lord of all Oh, won't you reign in
What a great day to be a Christian, and it's great that we get to share it together. Freddie Biggs has come uh, this morning, and we just prayed for him, some needs that he has, and I know that many of you will, will continue those prayers for Freddie throughout the week. I want to give three quick reminders uh, as we close. One is uh, tonight. We want you to come back tonight. Uh, the uh, Jacob will be preaching uh, again on the series Living Hope, a study on First and Second Peter. It has been great. Also coming up on December the 11th is a special worship. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll welcome our new deacons at that time, but just one worship that morning, nine o'clock classes, 10 o'clock worship. So we want you to know of the time change on December the 11th, nine o'clock class, 10 o'clock worship. And then also coming up is the evangelism conference. As the Telling Story conference gets closer, we plan to highlight a different feature each week. One track of classes on Saturday, February the 4th, will focus on redemption and salvation, specifically how to teach others about baptism, how to begin and close a Bible study, evangelism outside the Bible Belt, and the power of the cross. These classes are geared to help us share the gospel with friends, neighbors, and coworkers. God is continuing to bless us with registrations from around the country. 
But we need you, Preston Crest, to register and attend. This event cannot succeed without your participation and support. So remember, this conference is not just for church leaders, uh, but for all, for all of us to become more confident and comfortable in sharing our faith. So we hope that you will register today. You can do so on the church website, learn more about the entire conference. Child care and meals are provided with registration. And if you have any uh, questions, please feel free to see Jacob Hawk. Please join me in our take-home verse this morning from 2 Peter 1.3. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. And all the church said, 